Hello, and welcome to the Lumpy Space Podcast, where we take adventure time kind of seriously. Uh, I'm your host for today, Alex Bonilla, and I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hey. Uh, Hello there. Um, This is a new podcast that you may or may not recognize our voices from our appearances on the Overly Animated Podcast. Over there, they cover a lot of uh, current animated series, including Adventure Time, which is already going into its 10th season or 9th season, depending on who you ask. But it's uh, a long way in. It's old. It's very old. (laughs) And both me and Sam are are long-time watchers of of the show. So we wanted to embark on a a kind of a full rewatch just to get ourselves uh, into the, the... atmosphere that that the finale may or may not provide us with and just catch up on a show that was important to us for different reasons as we were growing up and so we figured it might be worth a shot to share this experience with uh, anybody who cares to listen and so thus the lumpy space podcast is born uh sam do you want to just share a little bit of background about your experience with adventure time um, so I started watching Adventure Time when I was a freshman in college solely because I heard it was gay or that gay stuff was happening. So AKA what was happening with Marceline and Bubblegum with, um, what was missing at the time. And so I watched like the entire series within a couple of days and, you know, I fell in love with it, kept up with it. That was like God, six years ago, I think. So yeah, love it. Great. Love Adventure Time. Yeah, I, I think I, I was around the same time as you, like 2012, 2013-ish, or around there. But like my, my brother was into Adventure Time. At the time, I was still like a dumb kid who was like, cartoons are for babies, so even though I watched SpongeBob, but like that was it. But then like Adventure Time showed up, and it was like, huh, this is kind of kind of weird, kind of SpongeBob-y, but not really. And so I caught, I just caught episodes with him and I got into it. And then I realized, whoa, this is a little bit smarter than SpongeBob. <laughs> like, especially as the show kept going. And then just from there, I developed into a fan of just all the craziness that this show has. And I, I credit Adventure Time with kind of introducing me to cartoons being smart, to animation being a medium that you can really take advantage of and eventually leading me to other shows like Steven Universe and all the other shows that we cover over there and overly animated. So Adventure Time is just really important to me as a, a consumer of media. It opened me up to a lot of other kinds of shows out there. So yeah, we we both have our have our reasons for for loving Adventure Time, and so we'll we'll dive into it. And the first episode for some people that maybe there are original people out there who are following this since the pilot or whatever. But um, the first officially aired episode on Cartoon Network was Slumber Party Panic. Uh, so. Uh, this is an episode. Um, um, Sam, if you were to describe what how what this episode is about, what, what would be your one sentence description? Uh, the zombie apocalypse. Except not. It, it's a bold way to begin a show, right? <laughs> like, hey, here the the zombies are going to kill you all. Like, if we wanted to, uh cemented into like one sentence but it, this episode in particular is very very goofy um uh, epitomizes the hashtag random humor that adventure time was associated with lol so days. random yeah we have candy zombies and like royal promises and a bunch of other stuff 
I, I, we've got a couple of I, I think there were a couple of fart jokes in there. Oh yeah, there um, were. Yeah, like it, it just it was very uh, jarring just to like how I guess sim- simplistic the humor was at some points. But I, I think there are some jokes that do land in in the middle there. But um, there, there are like three different things we can talk about. We can talk about Princess Bubblegum and Finn. We can talk about Jake, or we can talk about the candy people. Let's not <laughs> talk about Jake because right, let's start about talking about Jake by saying okay. I don't want to talk about Jake because wow. this wow. is like the signifier of Jake being so smugly annoying in the first couple seasons. Like I can't stand him. <laughs> Like this, he's like you know he's he's like a stoner. Like, come on. <laughs> I think he gets a bit more annoying in other episodes. Like here, he doesn't bother me that much, but you you do get that he's kind of there just to push Finn around. Like, oh, you got to tell me everything, bro. But um, <laughs> um, and uh, like he he exploits the truth or dare mechanism, which is very uh. I, I think that's against the rules, right? You can't just say, I dare you to tell the truth. Like, th- that's not how that game works. Well, yeah, I haven't played Truth or Dare since, like, 2005. So I'm not sure if that's actually what happens. But, you know, given the media's pushing of Truth or Dare situations, I'm going to assume that's what happens. Yeah, I just think it's an exploiting of how how the basics of the game goes. But in any case, Jake Jake does this. Uh, also, he um he he takes the time to smell the sock to know that Finn is Finn's lie is beginning to unravel. Uh, he says it smells like Mr. Cream Puff. Uh, although I guess he's a dog, so I guess the smelling his specific sense of smell is I guess functional actually here uh, they do kind of push that he's a dog a bit more than i remember them doing in earlier seasons because also they make the joke well i'm not supposed to eat chocolate because otherwise i'll, I'll die but like uh, in, in later seasons like we don't actually care if he's a dog there's like nothing about him that actually says dog i mean then we learn even later on that he's only like part dog right at the at the end yeah, we we get his whole fa- genealogy, but here he, he just uh, hey, I'm a stretchy dog, and I I have a health system of a dog apparently. Um, so, yeah, and I guess the only other thing about Jake is that we are also introduced to Lady Rainicorn here. Uh, um, are they already dating? Because like I guess because they're like chasing each other in, in in like the first frames of the episode before we pan over to Princess Bubblegum and Finn and then they have the 7 minutes in heaven in the closets. Yeah, uh, if, I, if I recall correctly, there's like a um there's an episode a couple episodes later of uh, him meeting her parents and it's like a whole thing. So I'm pretty sure by now they're dating, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I guess it makes sense. Well, uh, I I actually went to go to the because obviously later Rainy Corn speaks Korean, so we need to uh, always translate what she's saying by going to transcript somewhere. And uh, it, when she's going into the the closet, uh, she said she doesn't seem to be totally with it because uh, because she she says something like "What me? You got to be kidding me!" Okay, then I'll play. So like it seems that he I'm not sure if from that you're supposed to get that she doesn't wants to go in uh, maybe maybe this was the impetus of their uh their get together 
Yeah, that that's what because it, like at first glance, you're like, okay, well, they must already be dating if Finn's like, hey, go go with Lady. But uh, is Finn the matchmaker? Is is this what set it all off to then them having little dog unicorn babies? Later? Yes. Uh, so yeah, Jake is uh, kind of annoying in this, but although I think he gets worse in later episodes, but he he's kind of the impetus for Finn letting go of his promise. So we can move over to Finn and Princess Bubblegum here. Um, Princess Bubblegum's first experiment in the show is to bring candy people back from the dead. <laughs> Why? I don't know, cause they just wanted to make a zombie storyline, I guess. Yeah, like, is this ever a good idea? (laughs) They wanted to showcase, oh, she's in the science, so she's gonna try to be, like, a Dr. Frankenstein and, you know, bring life to the unlifed, the dead. And uh, our first uh, knowledge of Princess Bubblegum's backstory is that her first uh, victim, I guess, is Mr. Cream Puff, who used to date. Her first victim? (laughs) Well, (laughs) what does that mean? Of this terrible experiment. Okay, I thought you meant like her first like romantic victim. I'm like, hmm. Well, <laughs> are you implying that she's like a black widow? Hmm. Wow. We don't actually know how Mr. Cream Puff died, do we? I'm gonna assume that he just like went bad over time because candy doesn't last forever. Have we seen candy people die in this show? Actually, not, like, like die of old age. Not, uh, old age. I don't know. Yeah, but you Reaper guy because he gets stomped on by somebody or or electrified or something like that. But like just of natural causes, how would a candy person die? <laughs> Getting stale. I I guess. <laughs> but uh, and so yeah, this this gives us our first insight into Princess Bubblegum. And actually, Mr. Cream Puff came back very very recently for the fir- for the first time in uh, a season nine episode, Bonnabelle Bubblegum. So it took them a while to get back, but uh, we finally got another cream puff appearance. Uh, doesn't he appear in the, the what do you call it, the Shoko? Yeah, episode? yeah, he does too. When we get it, when we get an insight into ooze, I mean, into the yeah, into the Candy Kingdom's early days, uh, he's alongside Princess Bubblegum. That's true. Um, but uh, Mr. Cream Puff, they notice that it hasn't gone right, and uh, soon he bumps the bad liquid in, into the other graves and uh they're all sugar desiring zombies uh one even says give me some sugar baby to princess bubblegum so that's <sighs> that was a little creepy i mean in real life this wouldn't be a problem in fact i think it would be the most ideal situation to have zombies if they just crave sugar well see the thing is i, I think it's the equivalent right because like well, obviously human zombies yeah, human zombies crave human flesh, so candy people would crave candy flesh. So. I'm just saying, like, if this was real life and we had zombies that crave sugar, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a problem, I don't think. Yeah, we Like, we could maybe co- you would get attacked by, like, holding a candy bar, but he would just eat the candy bar and not you, so count your blessings. We, we definitely could coexist with them a lot better if that's all we needed to satisfy them. <laughs> Um, so uh, Princess Bubblegum's uh, plan is to order everyone to get into the castle. Um, there's a there's a joke here. We're introduced to tree trunks for the first time. I, I forgot that she was in the first episode. God get those you. hot get those hot buns in here. So uh, 
another um, double entendre joke. So the beginning of Tree Trunk, the Sexy Elephant. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into that once we get to the Tree Trunks episode, which is very soon. But uh, from the very beginning, we, we already had her personality set in stone. <laughs> Um, so uh, Princess Bubblegum decides, hey, hey, the way to distract candy people with a slumber party. And all the candy people are dumb, so they, they, fo- they fall for this. Um, the, the, Princess Bubblegum explains that they have to be distracted because if they get scared, they explode. But I don't think that comes back again in the rest of the show, does it? I don't think so. Why would they explode? I don't... Are they, like, party poppers? Are they, like... Science for volcanoes? Like, what's going on? What's the science behind that, Princess Bubblegum? Yeah, you'd have, maybe there's, like, some kind of sugar reaction where, like, if you agitate sugar too much. Uh, so, somebody who has cooking experience, please let us know if, if anything with sugar can explode. Um, actually, they, they show Starchy. Um, he, he's one of my favorites, and here very early, he's just very oblivious. Uh, I'll wait here with my back turned and defenses lowered. Uh, but do we think he actually exploded there, or was this just like a demonstration of what would happen? I thought he got bit at first, to be honest. Yeah, uh, maybe I wasn't like, paying attention. Well, like, the weird part is he returns at the end of the episode, so it's like, did, did they heal him with the same liquid that they healed the zombies, or was it just that he never actually exploded? Maybe. Yeah, so... Uh, but fortunately, Starchy lives. He makes stronger appearances in later episodes, but uh, I, I enjoyed him here. Um, eventually, uh, Finn manages to ward the zombies off with various uh, party games. The final one is he he uh, blindfolds all the candy people and tricks them into thinking they're pinatas. And the candy people eat the candy out yeah. of the zombies. Like that—that's unsanitary. That's uh, some cannibalism right there. Yeah, so like in a way, are are these candy people now zombies too? Because they're like, are you a zombie if you consume zombie flesh? Huh. I don't know. I'm not sure if that has ever come up in the zombie media I have personally consumed. So maybe they're trying to make new rules here. Yeah, because obviously in a normal situation, you would never like willingly consume it. But like there has to be like a situation where somebody has been so desperate in one of those stories where they feel the need to actually consume one of these people. Well, it would like be rotten meat, right? So you don't want to eat rotten meat. So you probably don't, you don't willingly, but like I, I guess like if somebody like was really desperate and like tried putting it over a fire, I, I don't. I'm sure somebody so, in the alternate zombie universes has tried that. I am unsure of the success. Yeah, in any case, it seems like a bad idea for these candy people to be just eating candy out of these dead people's stomachs, but uh, they do, and if. Finn, who has made a royal promise to Princess Bubblegum not to tell them, yeah, he he feels safe now. It's like, yeah, we were just uh, trying to figure out how to cure the zombies. And Jake's like, whoa, and then freeze frame. And uh, we we get the guardians of the royal promise, who who are just the gumball guardians from later episodes. Which we find uh, out that Princess Bubblegum actually made. So like, what's going on there? Right. It's a strange departure from what we later see them to be. Um, they, they're initially going to put trial by fire, but the Princess Bubblegum pleads for mercy, and 
fine. A math question. Uh, Our first mathematical of of the show. Algebraic. Yeah, later we'll get algebraic. Here we just got a mathematical. Um, they they first show a complex algebra equation. I, I'm not sure if that was real math or not, but it, the the guardian says, "Wait, I thought of a better one." And two plus two. Uh, that 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 seemed like a very simple joke, but eh. like uh-huh. it, it, yeah. But for, fortunately, Finn gets it right on the first try, and there's this uh, actually really cool like reset animation thing where like it goes back, like it, it looks like it's going backwards as the screen is shaking. Like I was actually impressed by that little piece of uh, animation there. Um, and uh, it turns out that four, the answer to two plus two, was the missing variable in the equation, and so they're able to cure the candy zombies, and everybody's happy! Hooray! <laughs> uh, Actually, there I saw that Mr. Cream Puff is actually healed in this, but we never see him again in the in the real, like in our current world. So, like, did he die again? Or like, how does that work? Like, if you if you cure someone who is dead, but how quickly do they die again? I don't know. I mean, for example, in Steven Universe, Lars is functionally immortal. I think, right? So, could be. Uh, he might be immortal. He could have just, like, ran away, like, you know, Princess Bubblegum, you broke my heart. I don't want to live here with you. See you later. I don't know, bro. Ooh, off-screen drama. I like yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, yeah, at, at the beginning, she, she does mention that they'll come back young, young like you, Finn. So um, <laughs> so maybe it's just, like, a, sec- a second chance that they just get to live a second life. Who knows? Mr. Cream Puff is out living out his fantasies, I assume. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it, it seems that at the end, there, uh, Princess Bubblegum is laying out the moral, like you shouldn't break promises. And Finn's, uh, Finn's basically like, nah, it, it was fun. I, I got to fight zombies and reverse death, so whatever. So it's like a anti-moral at the end of the day. Um, and. The the ending gag is a uh, star- starchy bites Finn's leg. He he thinks flesh is tasty, and then don't squeeze me, I'll fart. And he farts. And uh, cut to credits. <laughs> my favorite of fart joke. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was a that was a bad joke to end on. But uh, I I I think my MVP for this episode is starchy in the end, just because like his middle joke is pretty funny, or just him walking through the cemetery being very oblivious. And at the end, I, while the joke itself was bad, but it's just like a nice, uh, happy candy person, uh, happy happy joy joy. Uh, who who do you think's the be- the best part of this episode? Uh, I don't know. Uh, probably um, what's his face. Mr. Cupcake, is that his name? The really oh, yeah, buff, yeah. the buff cupcake who like is dared to go nude. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Apparently, they were very surprised he was chocolate. Hmm. <laughs> also, uh, something that really kind of bothered me throughout the episode that you don't see in later season episodes, but it's like sprinkled throughout season one. Um, seeing the whites of people's eyes. Yeah, I, I guess we can talk a little bit about, about the designs here because uh, also like Finn, they they go very deep into his like weird faces sometimes, and um, but uh, but like the faces, I think is what stood out to me, like just how 
how much more cartoony they are than in later seasons. Yeah. Yeah, so like it didn't bother me too much. At least I don't think as much as as you, but it is noticeable, especially when you think to how how much more consistent the drawings are these days. No, it wasn't like a game breaker. It was just like, oh, there's the whites of the eyes. That we haven't seen that in like eight years. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it just contributes to the general extra goofiness of of this episode. And I guess we can talk a little just about like how this serves as an intro to the show, right? Because it just it drops you in the middle of this universe. You're left to fend for yourself. Like, okay, this is a candy kingdom. There are uh, uh, weird things that happen. Uh, Finn and Jake, I guess, are brothers. Uh, what's going on here? But like, um, I think today it's more common now for shows to do this. But I think there was a time where this would have been very strange to be your first episode. Uh, how do you feel about like uh, introducing the environment slowly versus just throwing yourself into something like this? Um, I think for the case of Adventure Time, it works with the tone. Like presenting Finn and Jake as brothers, it's like, oh, I guess they're brothers. And then, you know, later on we get more of an explanation for that. Um, I think if it were maybe less of a goofy sort of show slowly building up the things would be better. Like how um, Steven Universe was. Like, we didn't really get thrown super into the mythology that much. Like, we were learning as Steven was learning. But with here, it's just, oh, you know, here's the Candy Kingdom and, you know, the Land of Ooh and all this other stuff. And then we learn later what the backstory is. And I think that really works. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a an interesting contrast and one that we'll be doing, I guess, various times through this, uh, comparing it to Steven Universe. Like, yeah, Gem Glow in particular, like it, it is a goofy in its own right compa- compared to later episodes of the show, but it, it does feel a lot more standard than what what Adventure Time does here, <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, I I think we've covered all all of the episode. Um, I'm just going through like uh, trivia here. Oh yeah, it says here that Jake comes out from Seven Minutes in Heaven eating a jelly donuts. Does that have any meaning, or is uh, I am hope I missing not. something there? <laughs> like, where did he get a donut? Like, why would that? I guess the closet could have donuts. So that's totally believable in this universe, but. Uh... Uh, I don't know. Considering the uh, connotations of Seven Minutes in Heaven, I-, I hope that doesn't mean something else. I don't know, because Lady Ranicorn isn't made of candy, so hopefully eating a jelly donut doesn't mean anything, but I can see how it means something. Something kind of a, uh, you know... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something that probably won't be appropriate for this podcast. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so with that, I, I think we are going to conclude here. So it, all in all, I guess uh, we only have one episode to go off of, but would you say this is a good episode, a bad episode, meh? It was okay, hashtag. It, okay. Uh, for for me, it was better than I remembered it. Like, I, I, I felt like I was smiling a lot more than I was expecting to, but maybe this it's just because I'm going through Adventure Time again. But yeah, there are like some jokes that work, some jokes that don't, and it's just all around very, very goofy. But I, I think that's what uh, I'm, I've already come to expect with early Adventure Time. So that that 
that concludes our first installment of the Lumpy Space Podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our, our discussion and we'll be continuing our rewatch slowly but surely through the series. Um, you can find out the info on our parent podcast uh, at OverlyAnimated.com, where for now we'll be having information on this podcast. Um, wherever you're listening to us, whether it be on the Overly Animated website, on iTunes, or on any other podcastery, we'd greatly appreciate any reviews and comments to let us know how we're doing and what we can do to keep this light and fun in reflection of the show that we're covering here. Um, you can also contact us through Discord if you want to chat with us about Adventure Time or any other animated property. You can find us there at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Um, you can also support our parent podcast via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. We want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Hugh, a.k.a. Hugh Neutron. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Um, in any case, we'll be seeing you next time with Trouble in Lumpy Space. But for now, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, wait. There's more. Hi, and welcome to the Lumpy Space Podcast, where we take Adventure Time kind of seriously. I'm Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hi. Uh, <laughs> welcome to, to our uh, Adventure Time Rewatch Podcast. Uh, you are joining us on the second episode. If you couldn't tell by the intro, uh, we will be discussing for the first time the, uh, the origins of our podcast name, uh, None other than Lumpy Space Princess. Oh my glob. Yeah, we, we finally reached it. Uh, two, two episodes in. <laughs> our inspiration here. But uh, um, yeah, you can find uh, more about our, our parent podcast at earlyanimated.com. If you want to find our first episode on the first episode of the, sh- of the show. Um, uh, wow, I, I already forgot the first episode of the show. Like, slumber Party Slumber Party Panic. panic. Yeah, the, there it is. <laughs> Oh my god, Alex! Hey, I'm I'm thinking about Lumpy Space Princess here. Forgive me for already forgetting about I the goofy. I know she's so distracting. Yeah. So, Her lumps. How how do you feel about Lumpy Space Princess, Sam? Well, uh, I felt kind of like lukewarm on her in the beginning, like when I first started watching the show. But, you know, as time went on and as, you know, we got more episodes about her, I really like her. <laughs> I love her voice. I love her attitude. She is, like, the best. She's not the best character of Adventure Time, but she's, like, definitely up there as being one of the most entertaining characters, at the very least. I, I know that she definitely annoyed me when I was first watching the show, but I, I think but obviously that's her purpose in the show, right? And like uh, uh, on rewatching her uh, her episodes, it, it, her abrasiveness I guess works a lot better for me, <laughs> and I I also appreciate her a lot more than I than I used to. I think uh, like her her voice uh, done by Pendleton Ward, who is the creator of, of Adventure Time, uh, they do the, the Valley Girl the Valley Girl uh, accents joke like it, gag me with a spoon yeah like that that joke while it's continued for the entire show it still works whenever they decide to pull it out 
And uh, in this episode in particular, I, there are moments where like you you think, well, what's wrong with you, LSP? But other times where you're like, well, no, she's she's fun to hang around. Maybe <laughs> who knows? She's kind of chill. So like it's it's a back and forth mentally whenever I watch an LSP episode. But in the end of these this episode in particular, LSP ends up kind of sympathetic. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about her actions in here. But um, if if you were to describe the plot of Trouble in Lumpy Space in one sentence, how, how would you try to do that? Um, an American werewolf, no, an <laughs> ooh werewolf in Lumpy Space. Yeah, well, she specifically mentions werewolf rules in the beginning of this episode. But yeah, the ba- the basic gist is that LSP accidentally bites Jake, and Jake inherits the lumps. So they have to go to Lumpy Space to figure out how to cure Jake before he turns into a lumpy space dog for the rest of his life. Oh my love. Now. Drama bomb. Now, would lumpy Jake be cooler than normal Jake? Uh. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. But, like, he, we, we, are, we already said in the last episode that Jake is kind of annoying, especially in season in the, the early seasons. But Lumpy Jake, we have to admit, it would be even more annoying to be around. Yeah, I'm just... Jake by himself is super tedious. And adding on, like, the whole Lumpy Space aspect of him, which, like, had the grow on me to begin with, that would just be... Oh, God, just forget it. Yeah. And like, I liked Lumpy Finn though. He was fun. You liked Lumpy Finn. See, I, I think like Lumpy, uh, Lumpy Jake, like he, like uh, he melts into the character of being a lumpy person, whereas Lumpy Finn felt like a lump poser to me. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't feel like it's going all the way into lumpiness. What was that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like it just he he wasn't as annoying or as mean as Lumpy Jake was. <laughs> But maybe that's just part of, like, Finn's personality, like, not being totally corrupted, right? Like, he's starting from a better place than Jake is. <laughs> I guess. Uh, maybe that's just my perception. But, like, I, I, I think that they're, that they're both bad, but I think Lumpy Jake is, like, so much worse. Uh, um... But yeah, so we we begin this episode actually, strangely enough, with a bouncing tea ceremony on marshmallows. LOL, so random. Like, what? What? what, what I, I get they call it a ceremony. But like, what could possibly be the practical purpose of trying to drink a hot liquid while you're bouncing up and down? <laughs> I don't know. There is none. I guess for like poise and posture. I. I like how um. If you've ever seen the Princess Diaries, how she has like this whole montage of how to be like this really prim and proper person, like you know, bouncing books on the head, etc. Maybe it's like that. I, I guess. But like, why why force Finn and Jake to do that? There's no way you're gonna teach them to be like that kind of balanced. I, I don't know. And I I have troubles just like drinking a hot coffee on the bus, so, like let alone having like that kind of bouncing. Well, maybe you need some princess training, Alex. Uh, yes, uh, I'll, I'll take lessons from Lumpy Space Princess. Princess Bubblegum's too... Uh, if she tried giving me lessons, I, I think I'd quit after the first session. <laughs> I, pro- I would probably cry, but yeah. 
but uh, LSP brags that it's easier for her. Uh, Finn and Jake call, call her out like it's because you can float. So she she turns off her floating powers, which I don't think she's done for the rest of the show, and I, I forgot that she can even do that. But like, what would even be the purpose of turning it off? Like, like why is that a thing you can do? Can she like? How would she get around? Yeah, like if you just what would she do? Like, I, I guess you, because she can turn it on at any time she wants, it doesn't end up mattering. But like, if you turned it off, like the only way it would be like rolling around. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe like her little uh, cloud tendons at her bottom are like legs. Yeah, because like in in a much much later episode, she uh, with um, in the Elements miniseries. She like gets absorbed by the ground or whatever. So I I guess there's a way where she can like connect to the earth maybe. <laughs> but um, she ends up uh, biting Jake's leg on the fall. Um, and so immediately she lays it out. No, J Jake has the lumps. Uh, this is werewolf rules. And of course you need the antidote by sunset. It's it's always by midnight or by sunset. And like the the <clears throat> weird part is in lumpy space, is there a sun? No. Right? So there's not. So like how would you even determine sunset or just time in general in that kind of place where it's just dark all the time? Maybe it's just a uh, a matter no, a form of speech, like a like a feeling. <laughs> sunset is a feeling. Like, like like for for example, there is this visual novel uh I forgot what it was called. I don't know if it's analog of hate story if it was hate, hate plus. Anyway, it's about these, uh, like, people who live on the space station, and they're up there for, like, hundreds of hundreds of years, and so they don't know what winter or summer is, so they think that winter is, like, a state of mind, or, like, like summer is a state of mind, so maybe that's the same with Lumpy Space. Deep. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, so, that they, they, because they say by sunsets, it's like, oh, we gotta do this right now. Um, they find this frog portal. Um, they mentioned that the password is. Uh, would you like to say what the password is? Yeah. Give me a second. <clears throat> Whatever. It's two thousand nine. Is that the funniest joke of this episode? I I, I think yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> as, as time goes on and we're getting further and further away from two thousand nine, it's funnier and funnier. Yeah. It just reminds you of where we were in society. <laughs> also, this episode aired in 2010, so it wasn't even 2009 then. Yeah, I, I guess in Cartoon Network must have held on to this episode for a bit, or just that joke was written a long time before. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. But uh, yeah, so they, they take the frog portal to Lumpy Space. Uh, what do you think of Lumpy Space's design here? Because uh, it's immediately in the second episode, we're already getting like another dimension in this universe. But how do you feel about living in lumpy space? Um, I don't know. It's more for the people who are into, like, galaxy patterns. You know how, like, in a lot of stores, they're selling shirts and, like, hoodies with a bunch of galaxy patterns, people getting galaxy tattoos? I think that's more for them, you know, with the clouds and stuff. But, you know, it would be an okay place to live, given that there's oxygen. It's very spacey, for sure, right? And, like... It it's all situated on clouds, and you need cars to get around. Like for some, it's heaven. Is it heaven though? If everybody's no, annoying, maybe I don't know. 
and but uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a very impract impractical place to get around, but it looks nice, I guess. Um, they uh, they get to LSP's house, and uh, LSP mentions that the antidote is at makeout points. Um, of course it is. Uh, LSP tries to borrow the royal car, and we meet uh, LSP's mom and dad, uh, who are con- conjoined. Uh, that would suck. Yeah, like, it, would it, is it a way where, like, if you get married, you get conjoined? Or would lumpy space people be born like that, and you're just stuck with a person I, forever? I, I think it's like a marriage thing. Uh, it, it could be, but, like, then, like, marriage ends up being even so much more important, right? <laughs> because you're stuck with the body forever, too. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But uh, LSP, in her usual abrasiveness, uh, gets mad at mom and dad, uh, eventually telling them to lump off. Uh, lump off, mom. Uh, yeah, mom, jeez. Yeah, so uh, because of that... Her mom's you can't borrow the royal car anymore! Like, good. Well, you could understand her. Like, uh, I, I don't know if... Yeah. I, I just have bad accents perception, I guess, because like, I understood the dad, but the mom is just sounding like she was shouting gibberish. No, she was speaking English. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's an even worse voice than LSP somehow. Uh, she's a nagging mother, and that's what all nagging mothers sound like. I guess I, I understand you better than the uh, LSP's Thank you. mom. <laughs> like she is even. I mean, maybe a bunch of times should hire me as a voice actress. That's what this entire podcast is running up to, right? It's just like for them to right. somehow sneak us into the finale somehow. <laughs> Well, they're not going to do that because I already made it, but well, yeah. we can dream. The, the Adventure Time spinoff. It's, it's somewhere out there. Okay. Uh, but because uh, because uh, they get uh, the parents mad, uh, LSP has to go get get car with uh, Melissa, who's dating her, her ex-Brad. Brad. Uh, I, I feel like Brad is a name that gets used a lot in like for, for boyfriends of like a bad boyfriend because i think like in spongebob there's all like pearl's boyfriend in one episode yeah wasn't the tall dark and handsome guy from the prom yeah i think i think it was it was him (laughs) yeah i feel i don't know i i personally never met a brad in my life same like i I don't know brad's in real life but like the the, brad always seems to be high school boyfriend type (laughs) And, and brad in this episode like he, I don't get how attractiveness works in lumpiness, but like he, he looks very lame. He does. Like he's just a green, small, kind of a little, just like a little lump on his head, but that's about it. Otherwise, he's pretty smooth. Maybe that's what's attractive to teenage lumpy girls, not lumpy. Hmm. That that would make sense, but then we'd have to explain these uh, smooth. Well, I guess they're smooth posers at make out points. Why they don't have um, girlfriends? Uh, because they are lame. Duh. Yeah, I I, I guess they can tell the posers. Yeah. But um, they they get around there. Um, meanwhile, Jake is still doing his transformation. Um, that there's a, a joke where they're playing some kind of like generic pop songs, like oh I hate this song, and then oh I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> I like barely noticed the song. Yeah, it was too quiet, at least in the in the episode that I saw. But like you could tell, it's just like generic pop, and like I think that is what these lumpy people would probably listen to, just like very saccharine music. 
Well, although the po- the posers, walk, I guess they'd be listening to more like indie rock or metal or, or uh, like harder. No, they'd probably be like metalheads. Yeah. They're, they're def- like, oh my god, uh, what's a metal band? <laughs> Slayer. Sure. <laughs> Even though they're like incredibly not good people, anyway. <laughs> They're they're too mainstream. They, they they'd probably go go a bit deeper than that. Oh my god, like Cannibal Corpse or like whatever, like death metal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they they make it to make a point at some point. Uh, they find these uh these smooth guys, and uh, they're they're about to get the ore, but then LSP shows up and calls them posers to their face. And God, LSP, why do you have to ruin everything? See, so like this is kind of like the emotional hinge of this episode, where Finn gets angry at LSP, but then LSP gets mad at Finn, and Finn feels bad in the end. Like that doesn't really make sense. I guess, like given psychology, that could make sense. I don't know. Yeah, because the mind is. Yeah, well, we can agree that Finn is totally in the rights for being angry at LSP here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but in any case, uh, LSP g- cries as she as she leaves. Uh, since somehow she thinks that she was still trying to help there, um, and Lump- Lumpy Jake follows uh, LSP to the homecoming dance. Um, no, it was like prom coming, wasn't it? Prom coming dance. Was it? The, the, the week. The weekly prom coming dance. Yeah, weekly. Uh, I, I don't know if... Well, I guess high schoolers have lots of energy, but like it, it feels a bit of overkill there. I have no clue. I've heard that like some high schools have dances after every single football game. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it isn't 1955. We're not all doing sock hops anymore. We got places to go, people to see. And what I think is you just, like, run out of people to dance with eventually, wouldn't you? Well, you gotta give your pin to somebody, Alex, and then you're, like, a one-gal guy, you know? Uh, okay, m- monogamous dancing, fine. Um, uh, but uh, we so the Finn gets very angry at his failure, and the, the posers see his directionless fury, and so they let him have the orb. Um, but he yeah they definitely listen to metal yeah that's true right they they, they particularly uh, emphasized his anger as why they they liked him um but he has to do a big jump and so he realizes that in his human form he won't make it so he gets them to bite him and so he becomes lump lump friend um such self-sacrifice amazing i guess it's kind of dumb self-sacrifice if you ask me but <laughs> Okay, whatever. You just don't appreciate the values of sacrificing yourself for your friends. Look, I'll do good things for my friends, but there's a limit where like I won't let myself get bitten by strangers in order to save my friends from something. Okay. I, I mean, if you're willing to let yourself get bitten, I mean, more power to you. Probably. Hopefully. I don't know. I'd like to think of myself like that, but who knows? <laughs> But uh, um, Lumpy Finn is unable to convince Lumpy Jake. So eventually Lumpy Finn goes all the way Lumpy. Uh, I'm saying Lumpy a lot in this episode. (laughs) Um, And so it ends up being where they get jealous of each other and their lumpiness. And so Jake ends up wanting the orb. 
and uh, he la- he lands on it and then gets uh, Finn to bump into it and they're they're all healed and hooray yeah, and they apologize to LSP uh, even though why she's the one who got him into this mess she should be apologizing to them yeah she and she did nothing in this final act she was just dancing this entire time. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and and she still has the gall to act like, I'll forgive you if you have this last dance with me. She's still doing for conditional forgiveness, too. <laughs> Do people ship Finn and LSP? That's a good question. Because that might be that might be a thing. I'll look it up later. Yeah, because that, later episode Breezy, we have a Finn LSP encounter that's a bit controversial. <laughs> So uh, if, if you look for shipping, you're probably going to find stuff on that episode in particular. Um, but it, it, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that episode. Uh, but uh, and the final joke is J- Jake in the lumpy voice still. That sounds totally lame. And then uh, just kidding. And then they do their wiggly dance and hooray, it's over. <laughs> And so that's our introduction to uh, the world of LSP. Um, even though I, how many other times we see Lumpy Space? Probably like, like two or three other times, maybe. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah it, it, I know. We we never really revisit it. We see LSP like all the time because she like gets exiled or whatever, but or she runs away. Yeah, it, that that's true. Like she she has chosen the life of a hobo later on in the show but she lives with the wolves she eats beans yeah my beans well that was bad <laughs> sorry guys uh, i i mean we, we <clears throat> talked earlier uh, before this if we just wanted to do this entirely in our lsp voices but we quickly realized that was a bad idea <laughs> it would have gotten really annoying and i apologize for all the times that we sort of slipped into it but it's so much fun <laughs> Oh my, yeah, it was. Like, whatever. So, would you say Trouble in Lumpy Space is better than Slumber Party Panic? Yeah. I would, because there's like, I don't know, it's a little bit more compelling, and like, uh, the candy people aren't there, and they're kind of like babies. And, oh, Lumpy Space Princess, like, she's the best. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I I think that uh this is while it's still goofy, but like it feels a bit more coherent than Slumber Party Panic, and uh, of course LSP is the star, and she's just a better uh a be- like for for a humor episode, she's a much better choice than Princess Bubblegum as the the third wheel to Finn and Jake, and, and I think it's the, yeah like oddly enough this has more Jake than the than the first episode, but I think because it's lumpy Jake, the jokes work. A lot more because it's just him being like so over the top annoying that it's funny in the end yeah i agree definitely yeah so just uh some final uh little notes here that i have um princess bubblegum when they're g- going to the portal she says i should have not drunk that much tea so we get like i hate tea Wh- why do you tea is just i don't know how dare you T- tea is very good <laughs> Like, it, I'm sure it is to other people, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, uh, I'm. A, I also don't like coffee. Oh, okay. Well, then you're just against hot drinks. I like hot chocolate. Okay, that's not, I guess that's something. That's but yeah, tea. At least in my opinion, it's not as good as coffee. But there, are, you can have a really good tea, and it's really good for relaxation. 
I'm not. It defeats the purpose of tea if you're drinking it while you're bouncing up and down on a marshmallow. There, that's no way to relax. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that could be relaxing to somebody. It's like when uh, you kind of like burp a baby. You kind of like jiggle them around and like pat their back. I think I don't know. I'm the ripper to me. I get it. It would be more equivalent if you put a baby on a trampoline. Would they fall asleep that way? I don't know. If you're like bouncing around one, then they'll probably cry and you'll probably step on them and kill them. It's, so whatever. So exactly the opposite of relaxation. Oh my god, that is, whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have that. Um, the license plate for Melissa's car is Sachet uh, Lump. Sexy Lump? Yes, that is the license plate. <laughs> My God. Uh, actually, we haven't really talked about this, but like uh, uh, the Adventure Time has uh, these early episodes. I feel like they have a lot more adult humor as well than, than I remembered it having. Uh, like what do you like, mean? Like just like like the usage of words like shatche and like in the first episode you you have the stuff like more stuff with like death and zombies like I, I don't know it just it, it feels a bit a bit le- less childreny in that sense that it's just it's willing to use those as jokes. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm all, my monocle also pops anytime like a Y seven or PG show says crap or sucks or sexy. Uh-huh. So whatever. Yeah, like in, in in the last episode, like Princess Bubblegum, I think said freaking at one point, and so I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Finn says, "Sorry to sorry, Princess Bubblegum, but this tea party sucks or whatever." In this episode, yeah, sucks. I I guess back, back, at least back then it was still kind of a thing. Like regular show, I think kind of normalized the usage of the word "suck" in children in children's programming. But yeah, I guess back then "sucks" would have also been kind of a big deal. I'm pretty sure back in the day, like a lot of the uh, Nicktoons, uh, got into more saucier language, and I know um. Hey Arnold definitely like said crap a lot and crapola and like a bunch of other stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, minor cursing in cartoons. What's the opinion? <laughs> what are the thoughts? Yeah, l- let us know your opinion on calling l- lumpy people sexy. Um, <laughs> you can uh, find uh, information on our parents podcast at o- overlyanimated.com. Um, we would appreciate any comments you have there or on itunes or on any other place that you listen to us um you can also send us your opinions through discord uh, you can chat with us uh, about adventure time or any other animated property we cover at overly animated uh, at overlyanimated.com slash discord um you can support us via patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated uh thanks to all of our current patrons especially our patron of the podcast michael aka wazowski and thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Um, so, yeah, that that will wrap up our consideration for today of Trouble and Lumpy Space. And we'll be back next time with Prisoners of Love. But until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.